Now, I don't know about you, but these winter days can get me pretty down. It's very cold, and it's been very rainy. And on some of these really foggy days, I could swear that we're walking around in a Tim Burton film. That little cloud symbol on my weather app, it's like taunting me. And on social media, I see friends and colleagues, and they're traveling to tropical places, to beaches where they stand for pictures, squinting at the bright light. I hate them. <laughs> I want to be them, or at least I want to be where they are, drenched in that glorious sunlight with the warmth of it on my skin, right? Yes, now that would be a way to celebrate Epiphany. I think so. But really, if you get down to the nuts and bolts of the season and what it offers us, I think that the way we're experiencing it is a little more true to form. Because in Epiphany, we are to follow the light. The light set our course by the star that beckons us to experience Christ to know God more deeply, to love each other a little harder. We gotta follow the light. But it's so dark. It's so dark and it can be so difficult to locate those beams of heaven drawing us towards the divine when the clouds of our routines and the dimness of this world get in the way. Now, light and dark feature heavily in the Gospel of John. And as we know, the writer of John sees things kind of differently from the other Gospelers. His tale blends the story of Jesus with theological interpretation. And he uses heightened language and poetic style. It's rich with metaphor, and it's full of drama. But at its center, at this Gospel center, is incarnation the divine meeting our world in a new way in the life and birth of Christ. Now, as we see right from the start in the first chapter that Don was reading earlier, we are supposed to follow the light. So hear this and follow the light. And as it begins, the writer uses the word, naming Jesus as the word. In the beginning was the word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through it, and without the Word, not one thing came into being. What has come into being was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. This is familiar text, right? It's John's version of a nativity. Now, instead of the birth of a baby boy, we get the dawn of light. And in a bold claim that honestly is quite the head-scratcher, the writer of John proclaims that God's revelation in Jesus has been at work since the start, since the source of the universe. So in that way back very beginning, the Word, God, Jesus, and light, they were all working to manifest themselves in our world 
and in our lives. So instead of like shepherds and wise ones following this star of Bethlehem, we see John the Baptist. He's our heralder of the light. Now he doesn't cradle this newborn baby, nuzzling it and caring for it or even giving it gifts. But he was a witness to the light. He proclaimed it in Jesus, the Messiah to come. And John the Baptist saw and experienced things very differently from the folks around him. And honestly, it puzzled folks. He was truly weird. But he is our example of how to follow the light, how to recognize it, even when others don't, and then how to shape our lives around it so that we can help it shine on. Because we're meant to be children of light, that divine source of love and life for all the world. Now, much has been made of the spiritual duality, right, of light and dark, and some of it to great harm. The association of darkness with evil and bad has done a lot of harm, including promoting and perpetuating white supremacy as we continue to kind of narrate whiteness as purity or goodness or godliness. But close readings of our text offer a complete alternative. Now, in my own study, our very own Catherine Keller and her work has helped me to kind of deconstruct this, to break down that association. Seeing darkness not at all as evil or bad, but as the great mystery out of which knowingness comes. Because there is no light without the darkness. And it's where we all exist. So when the light of God dawns on us, we perceive the divine here, within us and all around us. It beckons us like a star in the sky to not only follow it, but to tell others about it. Now, to do this work, to be children of the light, to follow, it's what we're called to. But to do it, we've got to be on the lookout. We have to open our eyes and attune our spirits so that we can recognize the rays of revelation when we actually see them. When we experience the incarnation, God's presence here with us. So this morning, let it be our task but let it also be our gift to spend a little time considering how each of us will look for and then follow God's light, just even in this year ahead. Now, to guide us in this process of exploration and possible inspiration, let's just think about what light does for us. So most simply and profoundly, first, light helps us to see or at least see farther, right? It offers us insight and knowledge where we didn't have it before. And then secondly, very important to the moment we're living in, it warms us up. It melts what is frozen and helps it to move and flow again. So how can we train our eyes to see these star moments? Because we've got to see in a new way. And it's harder than it sounds. We know this. But let's do that. Let's take 
a different way of seeing things. Maybe let's look farther east or deeper within. Now my mom tells a story about when she was trying to put my niece Julia to sleep. It was when she was about four years old and she was in the middle of the nighttime routine so she had already successfully done the bath and then the book and so the bed was next, right? So she's trying to get her to go to sleep and Julia was having none of it. And she didn't want to close her eyes and mom said, um, Julia, in order to go to sleep, you have to close your eyes. And Julia said, but it's so dark when I close my eyes. And I love that sentiment. It's so dark when we close our eyes. I understand that. We don't want to stop looking the way we normally do. We're used to looking this way. We're accustomed to it. We're well trained by this world to see what is not possible, to focus on what is wrong or bad, and then even to fixate it on who's to blame for it. So we see very well hopelessness, carelessness, division, and despair. This is the way the world shapes our sight. So to glimpse the God with us, we have to open the eyes of our souls. It's the only way that we can see God's light. So when have you seen it? When have you witnessed one of those star moments where God was working right in front of you? Now, just think of an everyday commute on a crowded subway car. Now, it's perfectly normal and even understandable that we groan inwardly at the press of others around us, that we're annoyed and frustrated in that packed subway car that is inevitably late. We're annoyed by sort of all of humanity in that moment. But we could also have another choice in that moment, we might look up and see. And maybe we would notice a young father reading to his child on the way to school. Or maybe we could catch a teenager stand up for a pregnant woman. Or we'd see a group of gathered folks with signs for justice making their way to a demonstration. Maybe instead of seeing a bunch of strangers messing up our lives and making it more difficult, for one moment, we might recognize the people that are around us doing their best. We might even see people doing some good, being kind. And in a flash, we have opened ourselves to the light. But the light that cannot be diminished, that light that connects us to the source, to our star, it doesn't just give us vision that we lacked before. It isn't just an answer for our minds. It's one for our hearts, too. That abiding love light, it can melt the rock-hard frozen patterns that we replicate over and over for ourselves and for others that don't do anybody any good. It turns out that when God meets us and that we meet God, we melt. 
Now, songwriter Amos Lee in his newest album, which I think is an epiphany album, if you asked me, but I don't think he might think it that way. Um, he writes about a song in particular, about being kind of stuck and stagnant, frozen in life. And it's a song, it's called Little Light, epiphany. It goes like this. Some days I can't get myself out of the box. Some days I can't find keys to any locks. Some days I feel like it's all overblown. And then I look at you, and I don't feel so alone. Some days I can't get myself out of the waste, and all that cold wind blows right in my face. Some days I feel like I'm against the wall, but then I'm looking at you standing strong and tall against it all. And I say, hey, let your little light shine. Let your little light shine for the world to see. Now I'm going to keep looking for the stars in the sky. I'm going to keep looking for the stars in the sky. Now, I love in this song that what motivates him out of this frozen pattern, it isn't some grand divine gesture. It isn't like a thunderbolt whacking him upside the head. It's just a person standing in front of him. Somebody who's trying to fight against that same darkness, that same unknown, even maybe that same despair. And who knows, maybe it's a friend or a beloved or a stranger. The song doesn't say, and I don't really think it matters. But seeing somebody else go through something can open up our own perspective to include something more than just us. To consider somebody else. To imagine their dreams, their hurts. And in that moment, we connect. We melt. When somebody else matters to you, when compassion can kind of seep through, that's when we're warmed from within by the light of the world, the one that can't be diminished. So if we look back to that weirdo, John the Baptist, we remember that bearing witness to God's love and reconciliation in this world, well, it isn't something that you can see and feel and keep to yourself. That ain't it at all. We've got to share it. We've got to talk about it, help it along in some cases, and even change our lives so that we're moving towards it, moving with it. And once you are lit from within, the observation of star moments isn't enough. We then want to help facilitate them for others and for ourselves. So go back to the subway car. Our witnessing of God moving among and towards us inspires us to live differently, to seek out that deeper sense of sight and warmth in the light of God. So you witnessed a moment of shared intimacy between a father and a child. And in so doing, maybe, just maybe, you realized for yourself that the guiding star of this moment in your life was to find meaningful relationship. Maybe you saw in that group of folks heading out to protest when it would be so easy to stay home. Maybe you were moved in that moment to seek out and participate in justice-making 
for this season of your life, maybe you want to help make room for somebody else. Or maybe you caught in that moment of amazement, even in this mundane commute, one person doing a kindness for somebody else. And so you decided in that moment that you were going to move towards compassion this year. So I ask you, I ask myself, what star is guiding you to the light of God right now? Theologian Evelyn Underhill reminds us that we are part of the dust-laden air which shall radiate the epiphany of God, catch and reflect God's golden light. Ye are the light of the world, but only because you are enkindled, made radiant by the one light of the world. And being kindled, we have got to get on with it. She writes, be useful. So how can we do that? How do we as individuals and then how do we as a church community do that? Well, I'll tell you, I think we can watch for the light. I think we can draw from the warmth of its rays. And I do think that we can be kindled so that we can let our little lights shine for a world that is desperate, desperate for radiant divinity. After all, I think we know the song. We've just got to live its lesson out loud. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. We're gonna sing that later on again, so don't worry if you wanna sing it more. <laughs> for right now, you all have an invitation to think for yourselves. What is your guiding star at this moment in your 